one. When one of my daughters used to hear everyone laugh and there was a big noise, she'd go, what happened? And we would all laugh. I'm gone for one day. What happened? It's a dash for trash. It's an everything rally. Well, we'll talk about what rallied, what didn't. It's Target today, Walmart. We got earnings. We got Cameron Dawson at 8.15. Hopefully, the party will continue with the PPI number. It's pre-market prep on a Wednesday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome traders and investors. Picking up where we left off yesterday, up nearly 21 handles at 45.32. Buck rebounded up 16 cents. Bonds down a half of five, but is that a 115 handle? Well, it's gone now. Down 18 cents in the crude oil market. Gold up nearly 10 bucks in 1976. Silver back over 23, up 40 cents, 23.53. And Bitcoin up 1,000 on the futures at 36,365. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. I was thinking about, yeah, and I'm like, I sure hope he's going wide. I sure hope he doesn't have any offers out there. Tell me about that 40-handle rally in a matter of seconds. It was crazy. And, yes, I did go wide. And thank goodness I went wide because I would have got run over like every other market maker would have been run over. But they all went wide. Who's kidding yourself? They're not dumb enough to be out there. when They don't provide liquidity when you actually need it. Um, Man, I tell you. This was just a rip-your-face-off rally. It was the dash for trash. It was buy-everything market. All the laggards. It was really the laggard market, though, because Apple and Microsoft still had a pretty good day. They were up, but nothing was moving like the laggards. I mean, if you have laggards in your portfolio, and I have a few of them, those were just killing it yesterday. Killing it. I mean, you know, that ALB, for instance, you know, I have that one in the portfolio, which has been an absolute dog. That's the stuff that was moving yesterday. I think at one point in time, that was up almost 10%. ENPH was up 15% yesterday. No news, Joel. This is just up just because of the of the you know light inflation numbers. So it was a rip your face off rally. Shorts, like and you're looking at a lot of these stocks are really beat up. Those were the ones that rallied the most. So if you were short these stocks, you overstayed your welcome and obviously you got your face ripped off yesterday. And I do believe you're not gonna see just this one day event here. You've ripped the shorts up so much. This stuff probably takes more than a day to really work itself out. Bring in money, Mitch, here. Yeah, come on, Mitch. We'll uh, get you in here. You witnessed the, yeah, uh... the wicked rally. That's what I got to call oh, it gosh. because it's it was wicked. definitely wicked indeed there. Uh, led by, of course, a broad-based move in, in a lot of sectors, right? It wasn't just, let's say, he- heavy tech. A majority of it not really coming from the big boys, right? Mega Cap Tech did have the lift off the first pop, but in the intraday, not really continuing on that kind of push that we saw from other sectors. So what does that tell us, Dennis? And what should we be looking at today? 
Well, we got to wait for the number here again. So we have another number coming at us today, correct? Another ABI, one. 830. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's see if that's light too, because then it's really going to be green light go if that is light as well. But I mean, we're still, um, you know, I, to, to the point, you know, which we had Red Dog on yesterday. It was great to have uh, Scott Redler back on because we hadn't had him in a while. And he used to be one of the regulars on the show. He's been coming on the show for 10 years. Just great commentary and, and echoing a lot of stuff that we talk about, you know, hard to chase. I mean, it was such yeah. a big move. You got to wait for the check back now. But you ain't no check back status. It don't you, seem like we haven't been getting any check backs. That's the thing. And, and the that's only... the spy. And that's the spy blinders on Joel. Complete spy True. blinders because we had check backs in everything. We didn't have them in Microsoft, but we had it in everything. IWM, bring this up because you've got to stop looking just at the spy and start looking at what else is happening there because we had huge check backs. IWM retraced 50% and then held there for three More. days. Red Dog. Red Dog had a great trade on this. Um, he bought calls on it ahead of time, just saying the setup was there. Obviously, you know, the number pays off for him. But look, 161, the low of the move, which we knew that area was going to be major support because that was the support back from October of the previous year. That was the 52-week low. Up to 175, back to 166, 167. There's your 50% retracement yep. right there. And I then the it. CPI comes in light and was green light go to all that stuff. So now the problem is you it rip you know you've ripped on so many stocks like look at Macy's yesterday just ripping Kohl's just ripping all the junk all that stuff and it's still junk folks don't kid yourself don't get married to these positions because a lot of these stocks are eventually going to come back down but I don't think we're going to be over in one day because you have people short these stocks that are like oh it'll just one day it'll just come right back in you know, PPI. We'll see what happens with the PPI. Exactly. Right. Change. I just want comment. I mean, you, you don't typically you don't like to see this. This is kind of like when the last train has left the station. But you know what? Every market has different uh, different characteristics. But uh, there's one dash for trash going on, Mitch, in the retail sector. What do you got for us? Target. And I was watching this action yesterday. It looked like it had a little bit of volume coming into this report. I think there were some bulls coming in here. EPS here, $2.10 beats the $1.48 estimate. Sales of $25.4 billion beat the $25.31 billion estimate. But then when you see the actual numbers underneath the hood, this is where it doesn't look that great, right? Comparable sales were down here, 4.9%. Same day services up 8% if you want to point to a highlight on the report. Um, but EPS outlook not looking good either. Q4 adjusted EPS $1.90 to 260 versus a 224 estimate. So not, I mean, pretty wide there on their outlook. And then comparable sales in mid single digit decline. If you look at their comparable sales, those have actually been pretty down in the last two quarters. So I don't know if the next year is going to be better for Target. And what the CEO was saying is that they were going to reduce inventory, try to be tighter on that inventory to get a little more. This actually, and um, the, 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 with the dash for trash on, there's no trashier stock than Target right now because Target has underperformed Every other retail, it seems like out there, all the big box stores. I mean, it was always Target, Costco, Walmart all going together, and Target is just hated. So if they said anything okay, especially after yesterday, that, you that's, had to think that yeah. Target was going to rally. 
And I am not surprised whatsoever at the strength of the rally because this is what we are seeing here right now. These beaten down stocks that are massively oversold. I mean, not that they're cheap, not that these, you know, this is the value stock that you want to put in your long-term portfolio, but stocks become oversold. It's what we were talking about a week and a half ago before this rally actually started. Remember, I was a couple of days early, but I was like, these stocks are oversold. You know, TLT is oversold. Everything is oversold, except you know, ma the Magnificent Seven. So we knew, we knew that coming in, and that's why I was like not leaning on the short side anymore because it was just too dangerous because stocks were oversold. Well, this oversold rally has now turned into a full-fledged chase is on, everything is on, let's go. You know, we're going back to all-time highs, and maybe we are on the S&P. I don't think we are on IWM, but maybe we are on the S&P. Because it's just like the strength of this rally is nothing short of absolutely incredible and seasonality plays into it. But it's just the type of market we're in. Um, you've got to identify that too. Like yesterday, I'm looking, you know, at every solar stock ripping higher, you know, off the number at 830. And I'm like, well, CSIQ, I'm looking at that. And it's had a horrible report. The yeah, stock was as bad as it gets. Three bucks. The stock's trading down three bucks. And you know what I did? I bought yeah, it. <laughs> OPG, put it out there, buy the open. Uh, that's on that. how it is. I was no up, price. I was Just up the a open. On, uh, I always put a price. I think marketable I was like open. Marketable and, and, open. And I think I was like trading at eighteen. I put like eighteen forty or something, and I got filled low eighteens. Um, and it ripped. It ripped two dollars in literally like ten minutes, straight up, almost to scratch. And it was predictable because why? The dash for trash was on. So it's all about identifying what is happening. What is the theme? You could feel the dash for trash on. Same reason why I was talking about the RSP versus SPY yesterday, which was insane. That RSP was trading flat against SPY. I'm like, our IWM's up 4%, SPY's up 1.5%, and RSP's up 1.5%? I'm like, no way. Because why? Because RSP is full of a lot of the same stocks. The same, They have the identical stocks. But the weights... The weights are all heavier to that small stuff that has been underperforming. Well, that stuff you could clearly see was already outperforming because the IWM was up. So buying RSP and shorting SPY with both up 1.5% at the time I was putting it on, I set it on the show, um, was just a, it was a slam dunk trade. I mean, slam it was going to work. Sure. I, I it was almost it. undoubtedly going to work. There's never a 100% guarantee, but it was almost undoubtedly going to work. Mm -hmm. That thing RSP opened at the low, bring up the Churchill, and just um, ripped higher. Yeah, it yeah, left I the did. spy in the dust. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, sure. that was just dumb market makers or dumb people in the pre-market trying to sell it. Um, and again, RSP is thin. So RSP is thin in the pre-market. So you have to really watch it. That's why John was saying, I'll be careful on that one because it is a thin stock. It is thin ETF. It's not thin in the in the, in the regular session. Regular session, the but after hours. So you know when the liquidity comes in, the high-frequency market maker is going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? We like, go. So okay. I mean, you just that did. One you, just out went, really well. you, you just went. You uh, just Target, RS, CSQ, CSQ. Because all the same stuff right now. It's dash for trash. We don't ask for trash. Let me give one target level. One target level. Dash for trash. Okay. One target level. One twenty-eight, folks. I wish I would have been on live with you when this thing popped to one twenty-eight. Four highs on the fifteen-minute chart. Five highs on the daily. I don't know if it's getting back up there, but that's a good number for today and then a good number moving forward. Uh, let's bring on uh, Cameron Dawson, Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth.
Good morning, Cameron. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Good morning, guys. Holy mackerel. What a rally. So CPI comes in, and as you like to say, it removes the boogeyman from the market. Yeah. Will the, will the PPI do the same? I mean, probably yes, simply because of the dynamic around energy prices falling and PPI, at least on the headline basis, energy is very important. We've seen actually a lot more disinflation in producer prices than consumer prices, just because of the makeup of those indices. Remember, a lot of the consumer price stickiness is coming from that rental line. So likely that PPI confirms it, watching retail sales very closely as well uh, to see if some of this uh, more joyous mood that we're getting this morning and retail sales shows up in the data uh, and then we'll we'll see where we progress from there all right one word we kind of like to use on the show is don't chase don't chase but there's things not to chase in the market dennis points out to me you know the s you know that as spy versus the triple q's and then the iwm let the chase begin yeah where should it start where's the starting line well, clearly so many parts of the market were deeply oversold, as you guys were just discussing. And if you looked at things like small caps and cyclicals, certain parts of cyclicals, you could see rallies of 10, 11, 12 percent from the October lows just to get you back to your 200 day moving average, which just mean that a lot of these areas were left for dead. I think there then kind of sparks the discipline that will be needed. And you'll have to watch very closely as we start bumping up into that overhead resistance, which is probably for some of these areas, another three to 5% up from here, how do they interact with that resistance? And is this move something that is more sustainable? Or if this really is just a knee jerk kind of mean reversion trade that is just happening very, very quickly. There, there's the, there's the million dollar question. Is this sustainable? What does Cameron Dawson think? Because obviously, you know, you've been on the bear chain correctly in a lot of stocks because a lot of stocks have been very weak, basically for two years. I mean, people can talk about the raging bull market, but the S&P hasn't made a high for almost two years. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the definition of a bear market here is not making new highs. It's been a long time. This year, I don't think we've made any new highs at all. And I, th I think it's actually yeah, the beginning of 2022. So we're going on almost two years without a new high in the S&P. And we look at the IWM and it's almost 30% off the all-time high. So significantly off. So is this sustainable? Are we past? Like we beat, you know, like it's, it appears that we are beating inflation. I don't know if we beat it yet. Is this rally sustainable? I think... At least the first step is through the end of the year. I would expect it to be just because the largest weights in the index, the tech, the Magnificent Seven, the communication services stocks, those being the largest weights being up a lot, you're not going to see the same kind of tax loss harvesting dynamics like we saw into the end of last year, which really caused markets to be weak going into December. So there's going to be, we think, some kind of chase at least into the end of the year, meaning that you get people drawn into the market. You have trend following strategies. Once you've broken through resistance, those, those strategies add more length to the market, buying begets more buying, and you could see this chase through the end of the year. And and then I think there's a really important assessment that has to happen. And if we go through kind of the key drivers of, of 
markets outside of just the fundamentals, we have to consider things like sentiment. How bullish is everybody? Has everybody already gotten on the train of being extraordinarily optimistic about the world, similar to the start of 2022 when there was just widespread optimism? We'll look at valuations. Valuations aren't good timing tools, but what we have seen over the last few years is that outside of that COVID period where we were growing money supply at 30%, the balance sheet was was up by the trillions of dollars where we saw this really big surge in valuations, that valuations have typically topped out around 19 and a half to 20 times forward on the S&P 500. That's where they peaked in early, early 2020. That's where they peaked in July of this year. So let's see where we stand on valuations. Then it's a matter of looking at earnings expectations. It's really important to, to remember that the market is always looking the next year forward. So we price in the, the earnings recession that we've experienced this year back in 2022. This year in 23, we are now pricing in the earnings recovery that's already being forecast in 24. So let's watch and see where expectations go through the end of, through, through 24 as we look to, to 2025. And the last one is just watching positioning because positioning is probably the, the driver that I most underestimated at the beginning of 2023, saw it being a big driver in 2022. And I think that where we're looking at positioning now is, is watch things like Deutsche Bank Consolidated Positioning, Goldman Sachs publishes one as well. And what they show is that you're overweight um, from an equity perspective. You're in the, let's think of it as one standard deviation is, is in stretch positioning in the, in the Goldman measure. 0 0.7, 0 0.8 is about where we are. So you're not at the point yet where positioning is a risk in and of itself, but you're getting close. So chase into the end of the year, watch positioning, watch valuation, watch earnings expectations, and watch sentiment, because those will all be really important drivers, we think, into 24. Okay. Well, there's always surprises in the market, right? And there's always things that can trip up this rally uh, going into uh, the year end. You've identified a couple things. What, what do we need to keep an eye on that, that can maybe spoil the party into the year end? I would watch really closely the dot plot in the December meeting for the Fed. And the reason I say that is that the dot plot now forecasts two rate cuts in 2024. And there's a lot of argument to say that the dot plot doesn't matter and that there's no signal. It's it's just throwing spaghetti against the wall, which could be very true. But it does capture somewhat where the Fed's mind is. And if we see the dot plot show even more cuts in 2024, that would effectively confirm what the bond market has already priced in. But if they hold pat and the median forecast stays the same, it's not to say that they can't change their forecast going forward, but that 25 basis points of cuts, because we're not going to get that extra hike likely in December, that 25 basis points of cuts is obviously very different than the 100 basis points that's being priced in by the bond market. If, if we don't get the confirmation from the Fed or the data that that 100 basis points of cuts is justified, that's where you start see, seeing that floor under yield start to emerge. So watch the, 
really the four to four point three percent on the on the ten year Treasury as as the area of support. I would expect the next line of support would be four point three percent, and then you might lose a little bit of that tailwind from the yields coming down to boost markets higher. So watch that closely. And I see you pull up economic surprises. This was this is the other really important one. Okay. So, All right. Go ahead. This is in picture format, uh, the reward for being optimistic, which is that if you go back to the October lows, what you can see is that economic data started coming in better than expected. If you zoom this out a, a little bit further, what you can see is that through 2022, a lot of economic data was surprising to the downside, not the upside. That was causing a lot of people to reduce estimates, cut estimates. We had an EPS revision down cycle through the course of 2022. 2023 has been a very different story. Economic surprises have been moving higher, which just means that economic data is continuously coming, it's surprising to the upside. So what you've seen is estimate revisions higher, and that has supported earnings estimates all through the year. The really interesting thing is that economic surprises peaked in July, right before the market peaked, uh, in that kind of choppier trading period that we've been in since early August. What's very interesting is that now over the past month, economic surprises have continued to deteriorate, yet the market has rallied a lot. This relationship doesn't have to hold. It can be more spurious, meaning it's you kind of like eye correlations. I, I that That's very fair. However, if economic surprises continue to deteriorate, that means estimate revisions are going lower, you lose that support, potentially enter into an EPS revision down cycle, and then that start, starts raising the question about where valuations stand, et cetera. So watch that really closely because usually those, those big divergences with soaring stock prices and falling economic surprises don't last. One can come up to meet the other and vice versa. So it's an important relationship and one that we'll continue to watch. All right. One thing that you know has worried us about the market is just it's been the big tech. Yesterday, other companies picked up the slacks so a little bit more of a broad-based rally. Can big tech continue to lead here in 2024? Yeah, I mean it's been pretty incredible. Um, I, to to quote the great Trisha Yearwood, um, we've been living in a one-horse town, and it's that horse has just been tech. And tech has been so very dominant, but I think let's let's take a step back and think about the setup going into 2023, which is that you know if we go down that list of you know sentiment sentiment was very poor on tech going into 23. You fears about rates increasing, all of the cost cutting that tech companies had done, and you know, questions about business models. Valuations, um, though, had fallen 30% over the course of 2022 for tech. Earnings estimates had been revised down pretty materially in, in the out years because of, of some of the stumbles that tech had. And positioning was really light. People sold tech into the end of the year um, actually at a record pace in order to do the tax loss harvesting. So that set an incredibly low bar for tech into 2023. Now, as we roll into 24, it's the exact opposite world. So you have valuations are up 40% from, from the October lows. You have positioning that is extraordinarily crowded. You have earnings estimates that have been revised higher by about 5%. And then you have sentiment, which is very optimistic. And you know, all this talk about, well, I get a call option on AI and 
and the best businesses and super resilient. So, and all of that may be very true. And, and it's just a matter of, of how much have we already priced in? So I would not be too surprised to see a leadership rotation in 2024, just like we saw leadership rotation in 23. And then the question is, does that leadership rotation happen because tech is falling while other things are doing better? Or does it happen where tech just goes up less because other parts of the market have more room to run uh, because they're more oversold, unloved, cheaper, and nobody's there from a positioning perspective? All right. Is this rally just a case of like earnings estimates coming down and, and clearing a, a lower bar? And uh, along those lines, I mean, if you're still looking at valuations and stuff, you're still looking at the sidelines in the market and on a lot of stuff where the S&P is trading here. Is this, uh, you know, what what kind of environment are we really in? Yeah, I mean, this this has been more valuation and, and driven over the last couple uh, over the last month, let's call it since the beginning of October, just as it was valuation driven coming off of the July highs, which means that and, and actually it's been valuation driven pretty much since January. And what I mean is that if you look at earnings estimates for 23, 24 and 25, Throughout the course of the year, through every narrative that we've had about the world ending with a banking crisis, a soft landing, a no landing, a hard landing, we've tried out all of these narratives, and yet earnings estimates for the S&P 500 have just been stable. And there's been some oscillation, some change through the year, but it's been one of the things that has underpinned this market. Now, over the last three weeks, we've actually seen earnings estimates getting revised slightly lower. Maybe that's in relation to what we're seeing with economic surprises, economic data not coming in as good as expected. And so I think going into 2024, again, we're, we'll be thinking about 2025 earnings potential. That seems like a long way away, but then that's where we'll continue to be weighing the risk of recession, whether or not, what happens. And that's where we'll start pricing in that forward earnings scenario as we roll into next year. So there's still a great deal of uncertainty, but some of the, all this movement in the market has really just been driven by valuation, which of course is related to things like sentiment and positioning. Ah, what a great wrap up on the markets. Cameron Dawson, Chief Investment Officer at New Edge Wealth, talking fundamentals for us. Really appreciate it, Cameron. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, guys. All right. S&P's up 21 handles, just off the highs. Mitch, what are we looking for in the CPI? PPI. PPI. I'll give you two right oh, I'm here, sorry. guys. I was of off course. No, no worries. Uh, you were off yesterday, so don't worry, Joel. I'll, I'll give you that discount We know what there. you meant. Um, Two big numbers coming in here, not just PPI, also retail sales. You guys know I've been playing the XRT, so I'm excited to see what happens here in retail sales. Um, we get PPI month over month. That's going to be 0.1, right? The consensus, the prior being 0.5, a year over year outlook at 1.9, prior being 2.2. And then the month over month for retail sales, prior being at 0.7, expected to come in negative 0.3. Let's see if this can come in positive here. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's see if we can continue this rally. It was a strong one off the numbers okay. yesterday. Let's see what happens. I, I'm today. actually going to go to the background here today because yesterday I tried to stay on and I was like, holy, that's tough trading. So no. I'll be back in a few minutes. Pray for me. 
<laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. I'll, I'll see what happens today, but I feel like I'm in a position of power on my swing trade there for retail. That's going to be fun to kind of keep an eye on, uh, see if that can continue working. Took some cash out yesterday, but still got the position on. Okay. Um, we'll All see. right. We are looking at the S&Ps right now. You're looking live. We're up 21 and a quarter. Handles 45.32 and a quarter. Just off the pre-market high. Pre-market high 33.75. If you're looking for some daily resistance, well, there isn't any, folks, until you get to a pair of highs from mid-September. So that's what you're looking at in the S&Ps. On the downside, pre-market low is almost 20 handles away. The top of yesterday's range. If it Oh, there's a pop. There's there a we pop. go. There's a pop. It's light. It's a little bit light. The bulls are being aggressive here. New high. We're in the 4540 handle. It's either some All right, early. I got no, it no, here. You, you got ready? It? What do you got? You ready? Mitch? Hold on to your seats, guys. Negative 0.5% versus a 0.1 estimate in the negatives there month over month. Uh, and then core PPI at 0% versus a 0.3 estimate also coming in light. Um, core retail sales at 0.1 versus the negative 0.2 estimate. That's what I wanted to see in retail. Retail already jumped in XRT. I already see it getting a little jump there. Year-over-year year outlook for P PPI at 1.3 versus that 1.0 estimate. So that one came in a little bit higher, but it's not looking too bad here. Um, retail sales month over month, uh, not also doing bad here. Uh, the core retail sales did positive the month over month regular retail sales is at negative 0.1 versus the negative 0.3 estimate but also higher than the estimate there i think this is all green light still at least yeah it's thing. a pop i mean you gotta think about the momentum TL, that you had TLT from dropping. yesterday tlt dropping yep. just keep an eye on that that's, okay. yeah, that's TLT is the lie detector. we had the initial algos rip on this Little bit mm -hmm. of the lie detectors TLT yep. here because TLT brought it to 89 89.75 uh, on the first pop and then just brought it right back down there on the TLT. Um, all right, well, SPs, as I said, we did it, you know, we didn't have any uh daily resistance, but now at least we have a bogey here. We have 45 41 and a quarter, a number to keep an eye on. You know, the importance of these after hour levels now, the way that we backed off. Is the high of the day in here? Are you going to get another mm. chance at that 45-41 and a quarter? We shall see in the upcoming session. The problem with the rally from yesterday in the pre-market trading is that we just have limited support. Uh, the only first area of support, and the first thing I'll be keeping an eye on, can we hold yesterday's high? Yesterday's elevated high came in at 41 and a quarter. And then what do we got here for mid-range on the session? Mid-range, I hope that comes in right there too. Mid-range on the what? We're at mid-range on the session right now. That's not a good sign. Last bastion here, I think the thing that will really turn the market is if we can't hold yesterday's high, then we may test the close. Dennis, what did you see out there in the stocks? Dennis, Dennis, Dennis is gone. He's a voice in the background, but he's trading right now. Well, uh, okay. Uh, I couldn't uh, tell because he popped out and made some comments. It was about uh, he, he just wanted, he, yeah, he just wanted to know like that's that's probably your true, like he said, your okay. lie detector there. Uh, we'll look to see if it makes new lows. What do you see on the uh, on this chart? What would be a sign of concern at least daily levels for the TLT, Joel? I think that's something uh, you oh, you always guys always go to TLT, and I and it's too gappy. 
It's two cap. We got the active bottom here. I'm gonna go to the bonds. I I just I just don't like that TLT chart for some reason. And you got a double top here at so that's obviously a major level as we speak, 115 and 23 30 seconds. But what do you got here? You got nothing down to yesterday's low, and that's in the one one twelve handles. So not much in here. What was the close? No, the close one thirteen and nine thirty seconds. Pair of closes in the lower one thirteen handle. I don't know if we got the gas to get down there. I mean, that's uh, based the just strict basing it on the levels there. There's no no support there until the uh, the lower uh, one thirteen handle. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. Definitely seeing a little bit of a pullback in the market, and it's it's going to happen, right, guys? We're not going to go just one straight way, but uh, could this give opportunities for maybe some action to come in, right? We talked about how the bus seems to have left the station. A pullback wouldn't be the worst thing, right? We'll see what happens today. Uh, definitely getting that pullback action. Yesterday, there was a lot of strength in different areas, so I think that's one thing to kind of keep an eye out today. Um, will that strength kind of slow down uh, tech strength? I don't expect it to slow down. Uh, NVIDIA is going to be one of the best charts to kind of keep an eye out, right? It's right off of that 500. Do you see that? Oh, chart, it's Joel? up there. Yeah. How many? It's right on the... that, man. Yeah. Oh, I got to get rid of the retracement since the retracement has come all the way back here. It looks like they're trying to find a bid here. Mid-range on the session, folks. Right here, we're coming right in at 27 and a half. That's mid-range on the session. The bull's trying to make a little bit of a stand. Uh, what us see here. Uh, Two-month high right around the earnings. The numbers you're keeping an eye on here. Your September high came in at 498. Your August high, 502.66. If you want to nail down on the nitty-gritty and find that all-time closing high, uh, that would be a better month number. That was the highest mark for NVIDIA. How many up days in a row has this thing had? Holy mackerel. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of eight, eight of nine. I mean, that's one heck of a streak. Uh, support for NVIDIA. Minor support. You'd be looking at your your uh, your closing or the high from yesterday to before you get a gap fill here. Let me move my uh, my chart over. Actually, four ninety eight thirty four uh, was the top of yesterday's range. I'd, that'd be a good place to cover short if you feel like shorting this thing. I don't know after this kind of hundred point run if I'd try to initiate a lawn there. Maybe a, a better place would be the close from yesterday. At uh, what was that? At ninety six sixty six. Let's take a look at AMD. Forget about the fifty percent retracement. Uh, that is way past that. Got the pre market. Nope. Got to get the pre market action in here. Let me adjust my charts back to the fifteen minute, and let's get some of that price action in there. Hmm. Never. Uh, pre market high one. 2158 and where you're trading at now you're trading at 12117 so you got a good number there but remember like it wasn't you know the it, it, it was other stocks that were leading us i know these stocks had good days yesterday uh but just keep an eye yesterday's high not trading uh much above that while the spoos are up 18 handles 
I, I would like to see the TLT hold 89 here. It's slightly undercut there to 88.96. If it could hold 89 here, it doesn't look too bad. What, what is it 89? Like, what do you what do you what do you see at 89? What do I see there? Friday's uh, 10 a.m. Uh, push to 89.05. So that's Friday's, Friday's uh, November 10 3rd. Push. That's on the hourly. So I'm looking okay. like for like hourly support. Uh, prior resistance come in to, and start playing as a little bit of support here. Um, there is a level right there, 89.05. Uh, 10 a.m. We kind of topped out that day and then we came straight down after that. So I'm looking to see if like around the 89 to 88 80s somewhere in here at the support and find some buyers. Yeah, that's uh, I'd, um, OK. Well, I see it on the 15 minute chart here. And uh, obviously the 15 uh, makes it the hour, you know, it will show up on the hourly as well. But. Yeah, it's, that, cer it's certainly not a place to, uh, you know, if you're trying to get long this thing, it's certainly not a place to initiate a long. No, definitely. Um, More long, yeah. just like looking to see if uh, if we're seeing hourly support act as some buying. Okay, I think the high of the day's in, folks. I think uh, I think you're, unless you're out there selling in the pre-market now, I think uh, now it's a question of can we get back? We're, we're coming back to yesterday's high. So right now it looks like we're losing the 50% area. I think on that sympathetic pop off, if we do get a sympathetic pop off the open here, you're going to have to pick a number here between currently where we're trading uh, 45.25 and 45.41 uh, and a quarter. That's your current pre-market high. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's take a look at some of the earnings stocks. Let's go to TJX. Of course, uh, this is turned around now. It's going to be a little bit different, right, with the down action that we're seeing in the market. But maybe there's some opportunities in some of these reports. So let's roll through them. TJX report here, net sales at $13.3 billion versus a $13.081 billion estimate. Their EPS at $1.03, beating the $0.99 cent estimate. Q4 adjusted EPS outlook at $0.97 cents to a dollar versus one thirteen estimate. Uh, and they do see the fiscal year 24 adjusted EPS at $3.61 to $3.64 mm. versus a $3.73 estimate. Definitely taking that downturn here. Um, but of course, this is kind of your discount retailer. Um, they've been doing really well, but as of late, has pretty much gone sideways on this pop that looked great. But now, yeah, like so. yeah, actually, I think we made a new old time high here. TJX previous old time high is on 93.78. You did take that out in the pre-market. That's not going to give you anything to look at today. What you need to be focused on today is there's no support in this thing under 90 bucks, wide open between 88 and 90. That, that was a big update that you had. So pick your poison in that area. Let's see what our pre-market low is. Uh, the fact that we've been so high, now we're low. Got to look at 92. This 9191 uh, was low from yesterday. Um, Got That's now going to be acting as resistance. So Got to catch a bid here at 90 and uh, look at yesterday's lows. Your first area of resistance, 88 comes in as support. Let's move to advanced auto parts. Q3 EPS, 82 cents loss. Misses the $1.45 estimate. Uh -huh. I don't know what happened there. Sales of $2.72 <laughs> Beat the $2.68 billion estimate. They revised fiscal 23 outlook. Revenues of $11.25 billion to $11.3. Uh, the prior being $11.25 wow. to $11.35. Estimates here are not too bad, 11.27, so they gave a 2.5 to 
uh, to 11.3. So in between that estimate, EPS outlook, not the worst here. Um, but what they did was this was the big move here. They this is where the loss came in, right? You guys see that big loss there. So EPS outlook is a dollar forty to a dollar eighty. You want to know the prior, Joel? Hold on to your pants, four dollars and fifty cents to five dollars and ten cents. That might be a big change. All right. Well, if it's a buy the dip opportunity, we'll soon have to find out. They slammed this thing under $50. So I guess it already was a buy the dip opportunity. Pre-market low, $49.01. That's a little bit of an overshoot. That makes me think I'm not going to be reseeing that level. Uh, I can't guarantee anything, but you did pop uh, six bucks off that. What I'm looking at here, longer term, if you thought you missed the rally here in this stock, you made multiple lows uh, just at the $48 area, got back up to uh, just over just over six. Now, did you quite get to 60? How high did you get here? Yep, 60.51. So you're, you're getting a check back here. So if you mm -hmm. want to own this pig, I just has been a serial performer. Has had a had a monthly green candle going until well, let's see, let's see where we closed on the monthlies here. On the monthlies, we closed at 52, oh, 5203. So still having an up month here. Let's see if we can uh, sustain the bid here around uh, fifty four dollars. I think one thing, of course, that's not helping it also was just how strong O'Reilly's just was. Uh, very rare do I ever get something to read in the 90s for RSI. That thing got to 99.28. It only can go to 100, guys. It's bounded. So uh, this is as strong as RSI can ever get. And it was topped out on the Monday, the 13th. It was at 99.28. You gotta watch what 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 happened with O'Reilly's really yesterday. It's leaders to laggards, laggards to leaders, and you saw even Celsius ahead of the it, split Dennis. was going down. I mean, the rotations are real, folks, and if you're not identifying them, you're missing a lot of money. Exactly. I mean, that's the first thing before I even make a trade. Yeah, I'm always thinking about what is the rotation. And in normalized markets, you know, where we're just you know trending or just range bound or whatever. We don't have these rotations, but we have been in rotation station here for the better part of six months. Since rates became, you know, front and center here, it's all about rotation. What is happening? What was happening yesterday was mm -hmm. the laggards were massively outperforming the leaders. In some cases, they actually were selling off the leaders like O'Reilly. So, I mean, you've got to identify, oh, yeah, O'Reilly, oh, yeah, this is the time's going to go. Here's yeah, you the don't data. go for the strongest That ones. number yesterday was the green light to buy trash. That's exactly. what that number was Man. yesterday. I'm not saying that's going to continue here. Trash is actually getting hit right now, just a little bit here. TLT is your indicator yeah. for the trash zone. TLT had a day yesterday. Pulling back, giving half of it back here today. IWM giving back a lot has just went red. So mm -hmm. the IWM has just went red. And that's why I was saying I popped on at 831 to say, hey, TLT lie detector says sell stocks. I've been selling stocks for the last 20 minutes or 15, 14 minutes here now. Just trying to hit bids, hit bids, hit bids, because it was predictable that when the TLT started going down, I don't care what the number looks like, TLT starts going down, <laughs> IWM is probably going to follow suit. That has what has occurred here once again. That's the edge. What do you think the proof is in the pudding here in the, in the, in the, in the bonds here, the way the bonds are reacting? 
Um, I, I don't know because I haven't had time to sit. Okay, like I've been okay. trading so much, I haven't had time to sit here and really think about what. No, I yeah, I didn't even listen to the numbers to be honest with you. I just saw the TLT reaction and I'm like, oh, well, that's not good for the market. So no. you know, look at the TLT. Bring up the di you know, bring up the intraday chart. Just look at what's happened. The four chart system, I just don't like. I can't even see what's moved here just now. So there you go. I don't know why we can't see. We're pre market prep and we can't see the pre market action. Because so when I go to the futures chart, when I go to the futures chart, it changes things up. Dennis. It's just so confusing with four charts. And again, I think we need to vote this on 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 the show because I am so confused with the four chart system. Like I uh, to, to give you the truth here, I use one chart. You know, one chart on mine. You know, so I don't need, you know, the four charts is just, you know, confusing. I'm trying to see the pre-market action. But if you blow up that top left chart, so, you know, because I don't know what the bottom left one even is. So blow that I, up. I don't know how see. many times I've told you what the bottom left one is. And it says it right there. It says monthly, Dennis. This says monthly. This says okay, daily. Okay, tell me why four charts, Joel. Tell me why four okay, charts. Okay, I'll, right, I'll tell you right now. No, no, no. I'll this tell you is right an important no, conversation no. And, then, and this is the last time we're, we're going to talk decide. about it. The 15 minute chart, okay, get to focus on the pre market action. That's good. Right? For the pre market part. Sure. The reason sure. I like the 60 minute chart for the pre market chart is it incorporates the after hours and the pre market. Okay. So well, you, you don't got have after hours in that chart? The, the 60 minute encompasses much more of the after hours and it's more definition we just don't have to look at 15 minute charts because the 15, 15 minute, minute chart, chart of the tlt chart. right now guys i think there's the a happy medium session. here there, there might be a happy 30 medium. minute one what I, what well, I we've did, had this discussion before and i've fought the four chart system for two years i've lost the yeah chat is mixed on so, it i've massively lost the chat wanted the four charts i yeah. feel like two charts one chart is I, that's what i tried to do i tried to do like hourly to the left and daily to the right i just took off the monthly and the 15 minute and i'll switch to the 15 minute but the thing I is just look at your charts joe i have no idea what's going on we, we just I, need the I'm full screen it. full screen when we need to focus on something keep it for full screen when we need to focus on something that's that's what i would say works and it solves everything. But. Let's give let's give the chat a vote too. Chat, if you like the four charts, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll get in the there same. and I'll get this settled here. I'll, I'll let I'll let everybody Mitch, vote Mitch on is it. Gonna vote you it guys out keep talking. Some stocks, people love the four I'll charts. I, I got an idea. Why don't everyone email Dennis their vote and their comments? So we're then... trying to do something here. It's not about like it's about improving the show. It's about improving the show. And I think having the chat, a lot of people are saying four, so it looks like it's going to stay again. People okay. like the four charts. So you win, Joel. You win. But I, I'm confused on it. It's too many charts for me. Like I've said before, I have three screens on my trading platform, three full screens with so much information coming in. And I have one chart on all three of those screens. It's there, guys. You would be, people would be absolutely floored. Floored if they I said I was a day trader, I had one chart on the quarter yeah, I, of one screen. I, I, I do the two I charts like, like this. This is what I do. I just do the two charts. I think it makes well, you know what? Maybe see. we'll go three. We'll go three. I, I it's no the chat <laughs> like the four. So you know they like technicals. The chat likes technicals. You guys love your technicals. <laughs> I'm not trying to ruin the show here. I'm trying to improve the show. And if the chat thinks the four is better, stick with the four. That's <laughs> and fine. it could also just be the it's light, right? I mean, I, I don't use light charts, and that could be also the, the Row Row Lantern wants eight, Dennis. <laughs> Everybody wants more charts, more money, right? Isn't uh, that the charts, way it works? More, money. more charts, more money. Well, I'll tell you right now, at least from the votes that we have, and vote, guys. What are you guys waiting for? Only 198 votes. Come on, I man. Voted one. 
There's a lot the more for you guys winning, out here. Joel, the four wins. You win, Joel. We did this before. We did this two years ago, and, and it moved back. So Joel let's go back. Right now. We were trying to talk about the TLT. So your move. So understanding what is driving the bus is not economic data. It is rates. So it is the response to the economic data that is driving the bus. You can say, what are you talking about, Dan? CPI totally drove the bus. Yes, because but it was the response to that that really drove the bus. Because the response, the PPI numbers here, Mitch, they weren't bad today, were they? No, were they the PPI weren't. Numbers they were bad? good. They were good. So, so, yeah. oh, oh, okay, so if we are really data-driven here right now, why is yeah. the market not ripping higher? Because it's TLT-driven. It is bond driven. Like it I is like rates driven. And for whatever reason, the bond traders who are a lot smarter than me have decided that this is not good enough and we are going to sell off. And when the bonds start selling off, it's my cue to sell stocks. So that's why I've been sitting here on the sell button literally for the last 10 minutes, selling as much as I possibly could, you know, selling one, two, three, four, Levels five, six, seven, eight. Now all sells, no buys in the last 14 minutes because yeah. you know what? The bond traders were telling me sell stocks. Now again, this is day trading. This is this is day trading. This isn't long term investing. I haven't done anything on my long term investment account. But I'm trying to teach the traders who want to learn how to trade. Your edge isn't in charts. Your edge is in understanding who is driving the bus and following the leader. TLT completely driving the bus. Following that leader just made you some money. 8880s to 89 still holding well here on the yep, TLT. Yep, it is. That's what yep, I'm watching. It is. It's holding up. And uh, the top of yesterday's range here is kind of holding in here too. So we're still up uh, 15 handles at 45.26 and a quarter. Uh, I'll look to see if we can hold that 89. Let's go to interesting conversation. Do you guys want to talk some Buffett? Sure. Why not? Why not? All right, perfect. Well, I got an image for you guys to at least take a look here at certain things that are in his top holdings and certain things came out, right? So he did sell his entire holdings in General Motors, Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble. It was previously valued at $848 million. That was the General Motors position. Johnson & Johnson, $54 million, and Procter & Gamble at $48 million, respectively. Also reduced staked in Amazon by 5%. Um, and so that's, that's something that's interesting, at least a new position. Let's talk about an interesting one. He acquired 8 million stake in the Atlanta Braves holdings, which is of course, B A T R A. If you guys don't know this, uh, this controls the major league baseball team and, the uh, the battery of Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Braves were separated, of course, by, from Liberty media, another Berkshire investment in July. So they just kind of moved the money over, um, and so they sold also $7 billion worth of stocks, including Chevron, uh, bought $1.7 billion during a period where uh, they only added $1.7 billion of Apple. So it wasn't a crazy ad of Apple. But you guys see that on the right-hand side, uh, this like 50% of the pie there wow. for Apple. Um, this is why I said it, and I, I know that a lot of people get upset with me about this, but what really like kind of big investment has Warren made other than Apple in like kind of the last None. 10 years? You know why? Because stocks haven't been cheap. That's what it is. He's a value guy. He's a value guy. He hasn't added much because he hasn't seen a lot of value. He's bought Chevron. You know, he's bought oil. Look what he's, he's bought. Buying. Oxy. He's bought the living daylight. He sold Oxy. some of exactly. it already. But why, Joel? Because he's a value guy. Right. He comes down to eight, nine, seven. He's like, okay, I'm loading up for the next 20 years. 
This is how he is. His time horizon is 10 years, 15 years, 20 years in a lot of cases. So he's loading up deep value. He's deep value. When he was buying Apple, it was deep value. I have no idea why he doesn't sell the Apple. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe don't want to pay tax or whatever it is on it. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I mean, it's not deep value anymore. So it's surprising that he hasn't even lightened that up at all. Uh, new position here. Uh, besides the Atlanta Braves, it was a big one that everybody's talking about here today. I which which one do you want to talk to? Do, well, Siri. Uh, Dennis, Siri? This is the big one, everybody. It's up 14% right now because of Warren Buffett. So, I mean, this is, you know, like a big out-of-the-blue buy. I don't think anybody saw him buying Sirius XM radio. So, yeah. I mean, the stock you have is the trading exact up. shares there? If you want to know who has the most influence on the street over anybody, it's still Uncle Warren. The stock is up 14% on this, Joel. I mean... He just printed himself a free 14% by coming in and buying that. That's incredible that they have to buy it that badly. Like I thought right, 6%, 7%, 14% it's up right now. People are nuts. Yeah, 9.68 million shares valued at 43.77 million. That's worth another 10 million right I'll now. I'll tell you one because thing. Of himself. Wow. I'll tell you one thing. Why would you want to buy this company, man? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's got a dividend. Hmm. Where is the, you know, so again, Warren is a value investor. He's not a growth, like he's not, never really been so into growth. You know, Apple, again, when he's buying it, is value. He's not chasing keys of 60, 70, 80. Yeah, the revenue growth is not his 3%. Style. So, so not... if we look at Siri, we go into our trusty Benzema. Dividend Pro, yield, I have 2.2%. So just to kind of put that in perspective, I have 2.2% for dividend yield. Yeah. Okay. Two point two. Well, it was two point. Why not just yesterday. get cash, oh, no. bro? You don't want to know why you have two point two percent? That was at yesterday's close. The current <laughs> dividend is only one point nine three now because the thing just jacked up thirteen percent. But yeah. the PE is fourteen on this thing. I guess he's thinking everybody's going to listen to serious radio. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't get the investment to be honest with you either. I would but just I'll be in you, cash. This, is a, this this is also. I know everybody keeps talking over everyone here. This is also. A love stock by retail. So it probably gets an extra move because you have all those Reddit traders that are like, here we go. We got the big gun. Let's flex our muscles. Remember back in July, Siri went from five to seven fifty because it got hot on Reddit or one of the social media discord, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, this gives them a lot of, you know, a lot of ammo here, you know, to talk. So I would not be I would not be fading this. I, I say it's crazy, but I would not be fading this because I've seen what Siri can do. And when Siri gets going, it can really go. And Warren behind it, that's that's some ammo. You don't have much uh, reference points in here. You have a pre-market high at 5, 570. You have one daily high at 565. And then you get close to the $6 area. This is moving on a half a million shares, which is not bad volume. But this is a pretty thick stock. Traded uh, almost $11 million yesterday. So you're going to have to find a lot of buyers with this thing up 15% to get it to 6 bucks. Now, you know, can the retail do it? Can the momentum come in to do it? But I'd keep uh, a close eye on that pre-market high. Also, look for a little pop just above that. We'll be we'll be focusing on the opening price and see if it just opens. Boom, five sixty. Boom, five seventy. Five eighty. Six ninety. Six bucks. Then 
you're on your way. But if it opens up and even hesitates, you'll know if you're buying this off the open real quickly, whether or not uh, the Reddit guys. Are I, I do think it can have follow through. So I'm going to say just be careful here because that Reddit crowd could grab a hold of this thing. So just be careful on okay. this thing. I have no position. I had it on actually this earlier. And stick, I sold right? out of it. It, how's what's the float on this thing? I've seen it like really crazy number someone says there's a 27 percent short interest don't have confirmation of that but um... that, that, there's an exercise we should go do right now because the trash is moving here it is if yeah, you you're go right. to highshortinterest.com you can see all the high short interest stuff there are times it seems like once a quarter that this page gets hot for a day or two um again don't marry any of these positions they're high short interest because they're probably crappy companies but these crappy companies is what is getting bought here right now. So if you're interested in looking right now, I'd go to highshortinterest.com. It's a good site to see what you know is high. Siri is on the list at 27.45%. I can't verify the accuracy of this list, but I do see it on this list. I mean, another one, Beyond Meat is on there. Beyond Meat has not gone here yet. I'd be very careful if I was short that thing right now because that looks like, you know, again, crappy company, probably going a lot lower in the long term, but in the short term, that thing could squeeze. So I'd be careful on Beyond Meat. Just looking through a few of these charts. I have no positions on these. And the float um, I have for Siri, just to give that number, is 611.08 million. Okay. So pretty it's, decent size. Of, of it it is. Look, I want to just do this exercise because I think it's important to go through here because some of these stocks could get a pop. The top one, FFIE, I have no idea what the hell that is. Um, it's a penny <laughs> stock. NBAX That's a, is a hated stock. All these stocks are in the gutter. So these stocks have not got any love yet. You know, we, we're trying Fair to give you ideas. Fisker, Fisker got murdered yesterday. It's up there. I'm, are you showing this list, Mitch, right now? I'm, I'm, I'm on my own. Oh, are you no, showing you're, this? You're on your own on that one. I'll grab it up, though. Uh, yeah, bring it up just so we can look. We're, we're you know, and, and again. It's just this. My problem with this data is it's always so lagged. It's always so, so late. You, but. It doesn't matter because you know why? Because there's a bunch of retail traders that go to this site. So it doesn't even matter. It's like, what is the crowd doing? So okay. all I'm saying is a lot of these stocks that are on this list at highshortinterest.com, whenever you start seeing the dash for trash happen, I go to this list and I look what's on this list and I make sure I'm not short anything on this list. That's the first step. Second step is maybe a try participating, but they are like hot potatoes and they're all crappy companies. So don't marry any of these positions, but with trading hat on here right potato. now, I think some of these stocks could move. All right, there's the list. I'll put it up there, at least scroll by so you guys can see some of these names. Of course, uh, FFIE is an EV name, just to put it out there. Uh, they've been struggling. Let's just say that. Uh, that was like high-end EV too, not what you want to see there. Fisker, of course, Beyond Meat, Upstart, Carvana, AI. But what was moving well yesterday too? I already saw it. Affirm, uh, Carvana, yeah, AI. They're starting to move. Uh, we this talked is about comb those. in the ditches Momentum where they look through what hasn't yeah. gone yet. Big lots, ditch stock for sure. I, I've heard um, a lot of a lot of Reddit talk on Blink. I'll give you guys that one. Uh, supposedly the guy that was even on AMC. What was it? The guy with the cat. I don't. I forgot his name. But uh, the guy uh, with the cat. What was that? Raging Kitty. Raging Kitty. What's there he you pumping now? Is he pumping something else? He's, he said Blink. I'll give you that insight. Oh, guys. boy, oh, boy. Uh, okay. So, hey, hey, I, I, I catch Kitty's what's on the street blink? sometimes. Yeah, he's they're back. Not back. He's back, huh? Is that why it's taking off? Is this yes, yes. It? You know it. You know it. How do these people just go on there and buy a bunch of stock and then just pump the hell out of it? I, I don't know how it. they do that. But anyways, that's <laughs> for somebody else to decide, not for me. Value. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I like to catch things like that. I I'll guess it's their opinion. 
Yeah, yep. it's their opinion. It's their opinion. They're just like no, we give opinions. Entitled to their opinion. They're they're entitled. Does it move stocks? Yeah, it could, right? I mean, Kramer's opinion moves stocks all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. But so. Kramer doesn't trade ahead of his stocks either. Uh, so. We don't know about all that. All right, guys, we, I'm going to I'm going to wrap things up here on this uh, this Wednesday here, Wacky Wednesday. We're holding the top of uh, yesterday's range at forty five twenty four fifty. So let's hold in there. And next thing is uh, your pre market low and your close forty five fourteen forty five eleven. And let's see if the bulls got the gusto to take out that pre market high forty five forty one and a quarter. I'm a little suspected of that as we speak right it's now. It's an interesting day. You need if for the IWM to turn around and really start ripping higher here. Went red there for a little bit. You need the TLT to sustain here and start trying to move higher here because that's what knocked the market down 10 handles here. It wasn't yep. the data, it was the reaction to the data. The reaction who would be to the better to bring on the market? traders are a lot smarter than me. Who would be better to bring on than Ryan Dietrich tomorrow? There we go. So. Oh, the raging bull. <laughs> yeah. The raging yep. kitty. We get the raging bull tomorrow, okay. guys. Everyone, everyone be safe out there. I'm going to go talk to Taz Kujaji, Enterprise Software, all those, uh, some of those beaten down stocks that we've talked about, we'll be covering. So, everyone, have a great day. All right, guys. Uh, there goes Joe Alcon and Dennis. You ready? Yesterday was fun. I like those types of days. It was a fun you... day for sure. Yeah. It was fun. That RSP trade made my day. Like hey, I talked about that one hear, there. Man. And you say, oh, yeah, you pick up 0.6%. whoop de doo da day. But, I mean, on an arbitrage trade, you don't realize how good 0.6% is. Because, like, when I put something like that on, to give mm -hmm. you perspective, it's like, oh, you take a single stock bet. You make a certain amount. When I put on an ETF arbitrage trade, I will put on 10 times, 20 times, 30 times my normal size position. That's where the money is made. Now, again, you have to have capital to do that. So your average person with 25,000 in their account isn't going to be able to participate in something like that. Mm -hmm. But you have a big account, you can hit ETF arbitrage trades a hell of a lot heavier. So I was trying to buy as much RSP as it would give me. It was very difficult to buy because it was thin in the pre-market, but it worked out very well. Everything I got on the RSP, that trade made my day yesterday. Yeah, I'm going to continue riding the XRT. I got 59.17, so uh, ways away from my entry. And now trying to let it work. We'll see what happens with the TLT. I gave the levels on that that it seemed to be holding right now. We'll see if it holds up. Dennis, go do what you do best, my friend. See you Get guys. Trade in action. All right, guys, time to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. I don't want you guys going anywhere. Stick right here. Of course, we got a lot more for you guys on Benzinga. Been taking a lot more swing trades. I got still four positions on right now uh, to tell you guys about. Of course, you guys can come over to live trading to find out all about that. Don't go anywhere. We always got a lot more for you guys on Benzinga. If you guys don't know, we're always going to be doing other type of shows coming up. Uh, we're going to have our metals and mining market outlook. You guys don't want to miss that. That's going to be coming up and that's on November 16th tomorrow at 11 a.m. So don't want you guys to miss that out. If you guys like metals and mining stocks, catch that tomorrow. And then coming up next, of course, we got live trading. We got a lot more for you guys. I'm excited to get towards my trading action as I got a lot of stocks in the green. Can the airlines take off? We'll see what happens. Will the TLT hold? Find out on live trading. And like always, guys, this is all for informational purposes only. Not to be used as investment advice. Opinions do not represent those of Benzinga and hosting guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. Now to get you guys over. And like always, we'll find out what happens. Warren, will those stocks get the lift? Find out, of course, on live trading. That starts up next.